announced that Valeria Chuskin is going to enter the NHL NHLPA Player Assistance Program, similar to what they had dealt with with Samuel Girard when he announced that he would be doing that back in November. So Nachushkin becomes the second Avs player to do that. He did miss the game Saturday in Toronto. Jared Bednar said at the time he was, quote, under the weather. Nachushkin's statement today said, I've made the decision to seek help and enter the Player's Assistance Program. My goal is to address my issues and prevent any negative outcomes once and for all. I want to thank my wife and family, my friends, the Avalanche organization, and all of our fans for their understanding and support. I will do everything I can to get back on the ice and join my teammates as soon as possible. And uh, it is, it's hard to ask for help. And for Nachushkin, we know about the issues that in Seattle, we know we'll never know much about them, except that we know the Seattle police did not believe that anything should have been charged. And the woman that, that was uh, discuss, discovered was intoxicated. We know that Nachushkin appears to have been uh, playing the best hockey of his career, seems to be happier around his teammates than he had before. We also know that Sam Girard recently returned from this program. And maybe all these things together decided you got Valeria Nachushkin into the mindset that, you know what, I'm going to handle this. And if that's the what he's doing, then a good on him. Good. That's what you have to do. It's hard to ask for help. It's hard to go do that. And it's difficult knowing it's the middle of the season. So hopefully he gets right. Joining us to talk about that and the immediate impact is our Avs lead reporter from Mile High Sports, Arif Dean. You can follow him on social at Run Right Arif. That's A-A-R-I-F and the host of the Hockey Mountain High podcast. Uh, Arif, obviously we've seen this situation with, with Sam Girard. The Avs will be out in Achushkin for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, Girard, however, basically said that he came back from it feeling like a new man. And, and I would imagine for the Avalanche and for Nachushkin, that has to probably be reasons for optimism. Yeah, I think it's uh, what, what I really like about what we're seeing right now with Val Nachushkin. I want to be you know very careful with how I word anything I talk about with, with regards to this because I don't like speculating. But just having the fact that he released a statement, I think, is very promising because for lack of better terms, it was pretty shady what happened in Seattle. And had there not been a statement of some sort from Valeri Nachushkin just kind of talking about him simply saying something like, I want to address this once and for all, and I want to join my teammates as soon as possible, ju- possible, just having those two things out there and him actually publicly releasing a statement uh, says to me that this is a lot more promising and not as, again, weird and strange as, as what happened back in Seattle well in April. Yeah. Well so, so I, th- I think that's a really big thing. I love the point you just made. I, I had never made that connection before, but seeing the way it went for Sam Gerard again, we don't know what the reason is for Val Natrushkin. We know what it was for Gerard because he chose to kind of tell us what it was. Um, seeing what the way it went for Sam Gerard and seeing him come back and speak eloquently to the media about how much better he feels and him showing on the ice that he looks better than he did a year, uh, not a year ago, but a couple months ago before oh, he absolutely. the program. Absolutely. I think something like that absolutely helps Valeri Nachushkin, uh, for, you know, I'm sure some of the fans know this, but for those that don't know quite much, Val is a very strange guy. And, and I don't mean that in a weird way. He's just very to himself. He is an introvert. Uh, He doesn't speak much to media when he does. It's not for long. He has opened up a lot this season and he's making a lot more jokes with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's making a lot more jokes with us. He's a little bit easier to approach, not as shy. You know, the language barrier, he is very, very self-conscious about the language barrier and his level of English. Um, But all of that's to say... For him to do something like this, it says to me that this time around, and we don't know what happened in Seattle, and I 
you know, don't, we kind of know, but we don't know exactly what it was. Um, this time around for him to feel like he's comfortable enough to go to the team in January after game 42, 43, whatever it is right now, to go and seek help and say, I need to get this taken care of ASAP and be back with my team ASAP is big development for him and his growth and his trust in the team. And obviously this is a guy that's here for the long haul. So I think, you know, you can never look at something like this as being the best news out there, but in terms of the way it was approached, I think it was the best way it could be approached. And I would suspect that this probably helps the avalanche a little bit and helps fans understand too that someone can come back and the only thing about his statement that I might have amended or I representing him was that he needs to get himself healthy first and then get back with the team as soon as possible. But as soon as possible could mean six weeks. It could mean a month. It could mean two months. Um, but his health is the most important thing. And it was a little surprising given how well he had been playing. Right. Best hockey because career. Gerard was not playing that well. And you could kind of make sense of, of what he said. But I agree with you. Uh, when the Shushkin didn't speak last year, I thought that was a problem when he didn't speak again really in training camp I thought that was a bit of an issue and I suspect one or two of his teammates might have wished that he'd be uh, a little more open about what took place but in these circumstances he's under no obligation whatsoever to say anything and he chose to and clearly his agent was involved in this too but the fact that he chose to make this public I think is good news for the avalanche and good news for uh, fans of the avalanche. And I suppose uh, almost as encouraging was the fact that the avalanche were down three, nothing in Toronto the other night <laughs> without Nashushkin and came back to win the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing for me, you spoke about his agent likely being involved in this. The, the avalanche went out of their way last year to really back their guy up. This is a guy that they took, they took on in 2019 that was coming off of, you know, from his time in Dallas to the Avalanche, like he went 92 straight games without scoring a goal. And they took a chance on this guy. And in this very moment, in the time of his departure, he's coming off a two goal game against the Vegas Golden Knights five days ago. He's got five goals in his last five games. He's got 22 and 40. He's got 13 power play goals second in the NHL. So this is a guy that they helped kind of rejuvenate his career and bring him back to life. He was a top 10 pick. They put a lot of time and effort into him, a lot of development. They invested in him. They re-signed him. They gave him a big opportunity. He won them a Stanley Cup. He was part of that big team in 2022. And you'll talk to talk to Nathan McKinnon. He'll tell you Val Nichushkin was the best guy in the finals. Had it been like the NBA where the MVP is picked in the final, no doubt in my mind, Val Nichushkin probably wins it, if not right there behind Kale McCarr in second. But because it is a full playoffs, he was out of it. But in that series versus Tampa, he was amazing. He was incredible. So then they go into the summer. They give him a $49 million deal. They had to let someone like Nazem Kadri, who also got $49 million, walk. They had to let their starting goalie walk and kind of take a chance on a guy that's never been a starter. And they made these moves in conjunction with 
they went ahead and invested in Val Nichushkin. And then in April, they backed their guy again. All of that is to say, here we are in 2024. It's been almost five years since the Avalanche brought this guy into the organization. And you know very well that something been going on these last few days. And this is pure speculation. I have no insider information on this, but you know, in my prediction, that there is a communication between the team, the player, the agent that said, for your reputation and ours, let's release a statement. Let's do this a little bit better than we did in April because we want to have your back and we want you to have our back because you're under contract for another six and a half right. seasons with us. We do not need any more. You know, Twitter is a very small portion or X, whatever, of the general fan it's a very small percentage but we don't need any more people tweeting at us and tweeting about you calling you a quitter we need to address this in a better way than we did last april and let's do that now seven games until the all-star break three weeks from today the avalanche come out of the all-star break and the bye week and only seven games are going to be played in these next 21 days so let's do this now in the middle of the season If you're ready in three weeks, great. You missed seven games plus the Toronto one. If it takes a little bit longer, also great. We're two months away almost from the trade deadline. Let's take care of this now. Let's do it in a better way. Let's have your back. Let you have our back. And let's just kind of make this a better situation for everyone. That's a great point, Eric, because you're right. The organization, especially, kind of caught flat-footed and uh, understandably so in April. But now, you know, the idea to getting behind it will make sense. And exactly as you pointed out, you said it, uh, you explained it there and you explained it early on. Valerian Jushkin is with the Avalanche until the summer of 2030. 2030. I mean, he has a 12-team uh, no-trade list on that. And the these two sides are in the business of each other. The Jushkin is in business with the Avs, and the Avs are in the Val Jushkin business. And to make sure they get this right, I think Jushkin's uh, statement saying once and for all is an interesting statement taken in that viewpoint as well. He has an entire career in front of him and a, a significant contract expectation to get this right. In the short term, as Natushin goes and gets the help he needs, of course, you're replacing a guy that is only one goal behind McKinnon for the team lead in goals, and he's going to be awfully hard to replace. What do the Avs do in the short term? Do you think where does Arturi Lekkinen fit in that? What do the Avs do uh, on this road? Uh, you know, on these next few handful of games, they're gonna, they're going to do what they've done for the last several weeks. They're going to ride McKinnon, Rannon, okay. and Jonathan Drouin, who. Not enough good things to say about Jonathan Drouin and and kind of where his game has been these last few weeks is just quite spectacular, if you ask me. Uh, The funny thing is, on unrelated note about that Val Nichushkin contract and how it may seem outrageous to many that he has that many more years, but he was taken the same year and he is the same age as Nathan McKinnon. Right. McKinnon went first overall in 2013. Jonathan Drouin went fourth. All of them, same draft. Yep, and yep. Nichushkin went 10th. So three top 10 picks in that draft. Same one Comfer was taken in. Same one Lekkinen was taken in. Miles Wood was taken in it. Uh, Burakovsky was taken in. The Avs love that 2013 draft, but that's a prime-aged player in Val Nichushkin right now, which obviously speaks to why Kadri isn't here anymore because he wasn't in his prime or he was kind of exiting his prime, I would say. But you know, going back to going back to what the Avs are going to do, it, it, it's ride the McKinnon, Druen, and Ranton in line. Hope for some depth scoring from guys like Johansson and Colton, who we saw kind of play a little bit better there. Colton was better. Colton was better. Colton was definitely better. Johansson, you know, he played 15 minutes. Colton played 19. Both big steps from where they were before. Miles Wood is on day 11 of this wacko 
influenza virus that he's dealing with. I don't think he's playing today. I don't remember exactly what Jared said on that in Montreal. Uh, but Kiviranta, Cagliano, they're going to rely on their vets. They're going to do what they have to do. It's the middle of the season. It's an avalanche team that has a lot of points racked up. Uh, it's an avalanche team led by Nathan McKinnon, who has zero issue with playing the most amount of minutes among forwards in the NHL. He takes care of himself very well, and he's showing no signs of stopping or slowing down after two seasons at this. So, well, he was it, the guy uh, of the three who got uh, the most rest the other night uh, because yeah. Druent played over 25 minutes, and so did Ranton, and McKinnon was at 24-36. So they gave him a little break the other night. What a lazy guy, 24 yeah, minutes, right? right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot of hockey, but he he does it well. He was on uh, the 32 Thoughts prod- podcast was on Sportsnet over the weekend. It was released today, and he specifically was outright asked, do you take any issue with playing that many minutes? And he said, no. He said, no, I feel great. I do great. And, you know, this is a guy that when the Avalanche have optional practices, he's on the ice. Like, oh, almost every he's time. out there every single time. I have zero doubt in my mind that you're not running him into the ground. If you're asking me if they're running Georgiev into the crowd, into the ground, yes, I'll, I'll talk for 20 minutes on how they're overplaying their starter. Nathan McKinnon, no issue at all. Miko Rantanen, no issue at all. Jonathan Drouin, I can't pretend I know enough about him because he's only been with the team for three, four months now, but he seems to show no signs well, of slowing they, down either. He's, he's been... Uh... What a twelve to fourteen minute player for several years now. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he welcomes the additional playing well, time. Let, let me give and you that there's a certain lack of stress too playing with McKinnon. I have that for you. So you know he jumped. It, 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 the runs kind of started in December. December and January combined, he has now had 18 points in 21 games and is a minus one. But the time on ice jumped 17 minutes and 36 seconds in December. It's up to 23:48 in January, but the production is going up as well in the six January games, five goals, three assists for eight points, more than a point a game. Joanne has been a, uh, if not a revelation, because we talked about him being the third overall pick in the draft, returning to the form, I think in which a lot of people hoped he would get to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and being out of the Montreal spotlight for a French Canadian boy, that, that was not, that's a real thing. Sandy can, that's a real thing. There's nothing more difficult. We don't understand it here. There is yeah. nothing more difficult, um, more pressurized than playing and even coaching for the Montreal Canadiens. When you are local. On top even of one, yes, especially when you are Even one Patrick Watt eventually said enough's enough. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot to play in that organization. It takes a, a, a lot of – there's a lot of pressure, especially for a guy in Jonathan Drouin who was drafted by the Lightning – I'm not sure if you guys remember how he was acquired by the Montreal Canadiens, but the player going the other way was Mikhail Sergachev, who went to three straight Stanley Cups and won two Cups with Tampa and is now their highest paid defenseman above Victor Hedman. He's an incredible player. That's what Montreal gave up to get this guy. And just to kind of tell you how much better it feels for Drouin to be in this market where, you know, media call us, call, call media what you want to call them, but we are a little bit easier on the player here than he, they are in Montreal. And I have no issue with the media being how they are in Montreal. My siblings were born in Montreal. I was born in Ottawa. I know how it gets over there. However, in the last three seasons before this one, the 2019-20, sorry, the 2020-21, 21-22, 22-23. So the last three seasons combined, Jonathan Drouin had 10 goals in 138 games. Yeah. Well, if we're going to go 10. back to your... Uh, he has 10 goals in his last 30. Right. <laughs> we're we're going to go back to your old stomping grounds here in Montreal and Ottawa. The next two games on the schedule. Yeah. And stick with us after the break, and we'll get back to breaking down the abs on the road trip.
Judge, if you are from the Ottawa area, family from the Montreal area, well, that's where the Avs are. Tonight, they have the uh, the Canadians. Tomorrow, the Ottawa Senators. And then they go to Boston on Thursday. When you look at this road trip, obviously off to a good start with the comeback in Toronto. But this is kind of a, a statement road trip, given the fact that they're still pursuing the Winnipeg Jets, who have not indicated that they're going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets look uh, look great, and it's going to take a lot to catch them right now um, just because of how well they've been playing. Granted, they did get shut out by the Flyers, mm-hmm. but I, I don't see, just given the way the Avs have played, they're, you know, they've been they've been relatively healthy this year. Knock on wood, you know, they're, they, they're obviously still missing Landeskog. We know that. Uh, Lekkanen was the big injury this year, but, you know, day-to-day here and there for Manson, for Byram, Miles Wood's illness, now obviously Nichushkin entering the player assistance program. Uh, you know, they, they haven't had quite as many injury issues as last season. And the reason why I mentioned that is to say during this recent run of playing tough teams started with Dallas, it went to Florida, which they lost then Vegas, Boston and Toronto. Uh, they played good hockey and they did a lot of it without one or both of Byram and Manson without Lekkanen. They didn't have Nichushkin, but they welcomed back Manson against Toronto. So I don't foresee them struggling much on this road trip. They're playing well. The players are buying into the system. You're seeing guys like we, we talked about earlier, Cogliano, Colton, these kinds of guys pitch in offensively. And I have no issue. This team can do it. It's what they did a season ago in the regular season. It's what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks. You mentioned uh, Georgiev and the workload he's shouldering at the moment. It seems, though, to me as if like last year, all of a sudden, middle of January, last two or three games, he's been better. Now, he gave up three in the first period the other night, but watching the game, I thought he was, well, he didn't give up any goals the last two periods. Uh, I thought he was sensational. I, I thought they had great, at least one great chance that I can remember when it was three to nothing to make it four to nothing. And he stoned him. I think he's now perhaps finding his stride and the avalanche are going to have to tighten up overall defensively without necessarily foregoing uh, the freedom that they're playing with on offense right now. That's, that's kind of a tough balancing act. And I'm looking at the standings and the abs are fourth in point percentage in the entire league behind only Winnipeg, Boston, and Vancouver is it fair to expect them to remain that way for, let's say, the next month? Short-term, yeah. long-term. Is it fair to expect them to be one of the top five teams in the NHL? Or is top ten, maybe second in the division, good enough? I I firmly believe they will be up there. I don't think it's the end of the world if they end up second in their division or no, anything like that's, that. That's kind of my point. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's the end of the world. And uh, I know they know that too because they are a good team. I mean, last year they really worked hard to win the division and winning the division, you still lost in the first round because you just weren't as strong of a team with all the injuries you had as, as you wanted to be. But uh, I have zero issue with with how they're going to play over the next month. I honestly think it's kind of funny when you look at Georgiev, you know, similar to last year. Last year when he came in, his first season with the Avs, started the season strong, went into a rut, 
And then, like you said, in January, you picked it up and kind yep. of rode that the rest of the way. Sure did. We are we are four days away from the anniversary of game 40 last season when the Avalanche lost to the Chicago Blackhawks right. three to two. And they were mm-hmm. 20, 17 and three. And in the final 42 games, they won 31 of them. So and obviously led mostly by Alexander Georgiev. Frankie was seven, seven and one last year. So this is a guy they expect uh, to be their guy. Uh, you know, I did mention him in the previous segment. The big thing for me right now with Georgiev is you got to get him some help, not because I don't trust him, because let's go back to the Toronto game, like you just mentioned, against Florida last week, the the previous week, the Avs go down 3 nothing. They claw back 3-3, three to three, similar to what they did against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then Prosvitov lets in a stinker from the blue line. Right. And that one just kind of... I don't want to say it took the wind out of their sails because they ended up tying it up once again. Yeah, they did. 4-4. Yeah. By Jonathan Drouin. But you can't have things like that happen. Like you were talking about, when it was 3 to nothing, you needed him to be spectacular and keep it at a three-goal game. And he did. Georgiev in Toronto, right. Right. Exactly, yeah. Georgiev in Toronto. So, so that's kind of the big thing there. I do think it would be better for him to have a little bit of that special NBA term load management and not be one of those goalies playing 60, 65, 70 games because he shouldn't be one of those goalies playing 60, 65, 70. And right now he's on pace for 68. The Avalanche did call up Eustace Ananen uh, during that Toronto game. I will expect prediction that Ananen might play in Ottawa tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Isn't that the way to maybe give him two or three days uh, between yeah. tonight and Boston uh, to play Annan tomorrow night. Yeah. And, and the Ottawa senators aren't playing that no. well this year. Anyway, no, I think they're all the way team. at the, yeah, they're all the way at the bottom. They're third from the bottom right now and fourth from the bottom in points percentage. Uh, and basically what you're doing is you're also giving Annan an opportunity to see if he's ready to be the backup you need because Prosvitov can give you flashes, but he's just too inconsistent for them to rely on him, which is why Georgie is playing so much. The other thing that I do want to mention about Georgie and the goaltending is he, yes, he has an 898 and yes, it's kind of strange that he's going to the all-star game with an 898, <laughs> but I just, I just think we need to kind of just lower quite a little bit in terms of expectation of what to expect from a goalie, especially on a team with the like the Avalanche that have Taves and McCarr and McKinnon and whatever and want a Stanley Cup with a goalie that didn't even have a 900 in the playoffs in terms of save percentage right. and Darcy Kemper. Right. Since McKinnon's rookie season, the save percentage average in the NHL has only gone down from 915 to 13 to 12 to 10 to 8 to 7 to 4 last year. Now it is a 903. Yeah. Well, Georgiev's five below the average, but you know who else is below the average? Shesterkin is. Vasilevsky's below Georgiev in save percentage this year. Um, You know, and and Vasilevsky's dealing with the same area. He's played a ton of hockey, and I think he's wearing down, and I think it's affecting his play. And Shesterkin now plays a a very heavy load. And listen, I have no doubt Shesterkin's a better goaltender than Georgiev is, but if you had Georgiev playing for the Rangers with a 901 save percentage, people would be saying he'd have uh, he'd be having a rough year. And if Shosturkin was here at 898, you'd be saying, well, okay, it's not not great, but how much better would he be doing with the Rangers? By the way, mm-hmm. the Rangers have really, really flattened oh, out yeah. four, five, and one in in the last ten. So and and Tampa is. 
out of the playoffs right now. Out of the playoffs right now and is, I think, something like six and four maybe in its last ten, something like that, but but not exactly on fire. The Avalanche are eight one-on-one, and they can't get any ground because Winnipeg's eight one-on-one in its last ten. Games usually when you go eight one and one over a ten game period, you're gaining ground. But it also means you can't you can't worry about it. You, you're doing what you can do. You're winning the games you're and supposed to win. And that's why second place is okay. Yeah, you've already won twice in Dallas. Dallas is not playing well, uh, especially at the moment. Um, you know, hey, I think Nashville has a better chance to catch Dallas than Dallas does to catch either the Avs or <laughs> especially Winnipeg. Last one for you here, Arif. Here's the biggest thing real quick about the standings thing. Mm -hmm. You are one point back of Winnipeg with one game in hand. Winnipeg has one game. Yeah, Winnipeg has one one game in hand, sorry. Uh, At 42 and 43 games played, it is far too early to count anything out. Like, if you look at the Pacific, Vegas has a game in hand on Vancouver, but they're nine points back and they're three and seven in their last 10. That's something where if we were talking about the Golden Knights, we can say it's okay to be second. You're probably not going to catch them unless you go on a massive heater and need help from other teams to beat Vancouver. Colorado, Winnipeg are neck and neck, and they still haven't. I think one more game against each other. It is by no means done at this point. No, no. Um, that's a that's an injury yeah. away. That's a that's a, a a weird streak of bad games. That's yeah, a that's a three zero and zero week, and Winnipeg going one and two. Right. That's, that's yeah. Literally It'll, all it takes. And but the difference is some of those situations there. Whether you're talking, you know, injuries and health. Well, the last one for you here. Uh, Jared Bednar said, "Quote: I would say there's a chance towards the end of it, but too early to tell." About the idea of Arturi Lekkonen returning on this road trip. Wow. Is he that close to returning? And what would that mean for the ads? He's been skating for quite a while now. And, and just the fact that he's been on the ice for this long uh, and just the fact that he's on this road trip absolutely says to me that he he could be there. It was supposed to be a 12-week or 10 to 12-week recovery or something like that. And I believe they're right around the 10-week mark right if, now. If they so. played on the last game of the road trip on January 20th, that's exactly 10 weeks. Bingo. That's what I meant. Yeah. By, yep. by the end of the road trip. Fast recovery because he, he's not even wearing the non-contact jersey in practice anymore, right? Yeah, I don't think so. He was he was in the non-contact when when he was here in Denver. But No, I know that. After, but but lately he's yeah. been. Yeah. Last yeah, yeah. few lately, practices. Lately non-contact. He, yeah, he was he was uh, covering for Val Nachushkin on PP1 in the in the practice or morning yeah, that would the work. Toronto game. Yep, and, well, when they, yeah, and when well, they bring you on the trip, there's usually yeah. a, a reason. So they think that that, that return may be yeah, relatively be imminent as well would be, be good news for the Av. Of course, you want to make sure you get wood keep back, on get back. everything on the Avs. Pay attention to yeah. uh, Arif. Give him a follow over on social. Run right, Arif, A-A-R-I-F. 